The Tabuti Drive. Weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. On 5FM. We're super excited hanging out with uh, Sasanke Msimang in the building. <laughs> of course, yes. she's. Can you see why you had to have the headphones on? Because yes, otherwise, you would never heard the applause. <laughs> you know what I mean? Welcome Very to the excited. show. Thank you very much. We're really excited uh, to have you. You've, of course, uh, released your much-anticipated memoir, uh, Always Another Country. Yesterday was the launch in Rosebank. That's right. How was that? It was lit. Lit, yes. The kids yes. say. Yes. <laughs> there you go. There's your mic. There's oh, thank you so much. I'm alive. <laughs> For those who don't know who Sisonke Msemang is, just in a nutshell, who are you? I'm a writer who... Um, talks a lot about politics about race about gender i'm like one of those feministy type of yes people. no you're feminist we love that <laughs> so you you talk about things that people try to stay away from those co- sort of controversial topics yeah whatever people are running away from typically i'm the one running in the opposite direction towards the problem yes Ooh. and you also speak about the fact that to this book you felt starts a conversation that you feel south africa is now ready to talk about and we've seen what's happened in the last what two weeks i don't know if it's poor coincidence um that this is now the time where i mean obviously it started in america uh, with Harvey Weinstein and then now in South Africa it's kind of unraveling itself as well you released the book Ready Tabi released the book and it seems like it is the conversation to be had and it's so beautiful to see because slowly but surely even if women are anonymous mm. they're not holding it in anymore right. they're able to release That's right. why was this such an important message for you to tell I think for me I've always tried to as you said before have the the most difficult conversation Mm -hmm. because even if you like turn people off or some people don't want to hear about it um, sometimes there's a lag between when you say the hard thing and when it sinks in with people Mm -hmm. and so just because it's initially difficult doesn't mean it will stay difficult like the whole point is to make it easier and easier uh, the more you talk about it exactly and to have more and more people talking about it so this whole me too all the stuff that's happening around discussing gender violence it definitely didn't happen all of a sudden. Mm. Um, but I think the difference is now that women know that if they speak out, there will be a posse of women who accompany mm. them. Um, not everybody will receive it well, but that's always been the case. That's mm. like history. Yes. But now the difference is there's a big posse of women who will have your back and be able to affirm what you're saying. And of course, we get to see all of this, how you basically grew up and how even sexual violence in your life, well, through your eyes. And you speak about how it was surprising not difficult to talk about or write about yourself yeah. and a lot of people find it hard just mm. like I sit in an interview like I could never do what I'm doing to you now and they'd be the one <laughs> answering it always just feels so weird so why was it so easy for you it was easy because the point of the book is it seems like it's about me because it's a memoir mm-hmm. but actually I'm almost like accidental to the story so I wanted to talk about race class and gender and so the best way to do that if you're is to carry it through your life (laughs) yeah (laughs) of middle class is to talk about those things so it's really like about seeing things through my eyes but it's not like a you know often we think about if someone's writing about their life it's because they've done something big like mm-hmm. I have not done any so you're not if you if you want to find something that I've done it's not going to be in this book like it's not about achievements yes and like accolades and she invented this at the age of 17 but I think you've got <laughs> a wealth did something in, I did but I, that'll be the next memoir oh you did no, oh, okay. I'm just lying <laughs> that's a lie well I that mean we true. wouldn't <laughs> believed you if you said you did yeah. but I mean I think we could learn a lot from you not many people can say they've lived in as many countries as yeah. you are we can tell just by your accent that's <laughs> There's lots going on Where's 
from exactly? <laughs> so you were born in Just Lusaka, so moved to uh, Nairobi, then to Canada, back to Nairobi, Minnesota, Mozambique, back to South Africa. <laughs> so your accent is kind of all over the place. You should hear my kids. <laughs> what do they sound like? In, in what? Well, we live in Australia now, right? Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. So the kids are like, the other day my son was talking to, to me and he's like, um, I was saying, Sazi, just throw that away. And yeah. he's like, ah, no, mom, just chuck it in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> so confusing. So confusing. We're hanging out uh, with Sison Kemsimang. If you've got questions for her, hit us up 0825505151. You say you live in Australia now. Yep. Are your kids confused? They um, think that they are very clear. I think they're confused because they're children. Yeah. But <laughs> they are very clear on many things, very strong opinions. Okay, but it's it's not confusing in terms of where mommy is from, where she's lived, daddy's a different race. What's their understanding? Do they? I mean, they kids, so I, I don't imagine they even see color. They do see color, of course. Everybody okay. sees color. Children see color. They do. They um. So, so the older one, my daughter, is very clearly South African. She's like, I'm South African. I'm not Australian. When we come, when they, you know, so we visit every year for like five weeks. Mm-hmm. And she's very clear when people are like, oh, the little Australian yeah. shape. Oh, I'm an I'm a, I'm a Aborigine. <laughs> <laughs> because black people are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I'm so shook. Wow. Um, so when that happens, she's like, in no. her Australian accent, yeah. she's like, I'm not Australian. I'm South, I'm African. South African. Get it right. Okay, be clear. And then my son, he goes whichever way the wind blows. You know, like, whatever. He's easy. Which he's allowed to do, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think he it, I mean, it, it's he nice. Did, you get depends. to choose. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, let's talk about your husband. You hated white people. <laughs> you wanted I nothing. Like hate is a strong word. Okay. <laughs> I was like, if... If you had to choose, if I had to choose between like Biko and Mandela, I was definitely Biko, <laughs> Team Biko. Yeah. I was like that fist clenching. Yes. Like I was the one. I was, and also very, um, very convinced of my correctness about everything, mm-hmm. uh, especially about race. Um, so yeah, and then like this guy comes along <laughs> and sweeps you away, <laughs> just like in the movie. Yes. You have to read the book to see the full, like more complicated story about it. But absolutely. Um, game changer in terms of challenging my views about myself and my views about the world. And that's exactly it because, I mean, born in exile, you didn't really quite know what South Africa was like, but I can imagine through your parents' eyes, you got an idea of yeah. the struggle back at home. Yeah. And, I mean, that probably relayed uh, or re- uh, ended up you feeling the way you felt towards exactly. uh, white people and then the challenge of now falling in love with a white man. And he was very cute too. <laughs> Let's talk about your other man because this is fun. Jason. You describe him as a light-skinned, good-looking man with a smile that goes on forever. Oh my gosh, he was very good-looking. But and he like, was problematic. Yeah. So <laughs> Tell us. much trouble. He's like everybody's favorite subject. Uh-huh. Here I am, like talking about, like me. I want to talk about like race yes. and gender. No, and tell us about Jason. Troubles of the country, and everyone's like, so can we talk about Jason? Yes. Yeah. So American guy. Yes, African American, um, and. And um, trouble from the beginning, like very, very problematic in every single way. And I completely fell for him. And it's not even like one of those where with hindsight, he was a problem. Like Mm -hmm. he was a problem 
in the moment from the beginning, from the beginning yeah. <laughs> every single day of the relationship until mm-hmm. the relationship was over and everybody knew it and my best friend was like why are you with this guy like what's going on and I you we all need to make those mistakes and we all need to have that first guy so has that taught you that when something is a no from the very get-go you kind of just walk listen, away from it listen you need to um you it was one of those that teaches you like these days when I see trouble mm-hmm. I w- take a wide walk around mm-hmm. the block instead of heading towards it yeah which makes which I think a lot of women still to this day struggle with Absolutely. like we want to kiss all of the frogs that do the same thing mm. as the frog before that and, and fall in love with the frog you're like it's yeah. okay you're flawed but I love yeah. you but it's worse when the frog is so good looking yes <laughs> you know like he looks like a prince but he's like but he kisses like, like a frog, frog. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean living again in America there was Jason, but other than that, you face racial dilemmas, things that you thought were left back in South Africa that you'd obviously hear your parents talk about. Was it an Africa, Africa thing or was it a black thing? Well, I think America was very important to me as a, um, a, a place of choosing my own politics. Mm-hmm. When you're a child and your parents have such clear politics and they're you know, all about the liberation struggle, you don't get to choose like, you know. Other kids, you know, played games on the playground. Us, we were young pioneers. We were being taught struggle songs. We were gumboot dancing. <laughs> like, this was our indoctrination, right? Yes. So your politics are given to you. And so the States, when I, you know, went there for university, that was the first time that I got to decide what my politics was. Mm. Hence, like, Biko not Mandela, right? Yes. Hence, like, this radicalism. Um, and so, yeah, the states will always be important to me because that's where I defined myself mm-hmm. in terms of my own politics. And what what do you think was the distinct difference between what was handed to you and what you decided for yourself? I decided in America that I would be not as Rainbow Nation-y as my parents. Now, obviously, this was before the Rainbow Nation. Okay. But, like, the the thing about the ANC was that it was... The liberation struggle was always about... Kumbaya. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Black and white, we will all be one. And in the States, when you walk down the street, that racism is harsh. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's obviously very harsh here in South Africa. But when you are the mi- minority, which is what black people are in the States, it has a different feeling. Yes, you, you know? feel it more. You feel it more. It's like, and you're looked at more. You know, you're seen more like, visibly. There's the monkey. There, 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 there <laughs> that person is. And they're brown. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I mean, all of us are br- like... But which is the better of the two? I mean, I think there's a conversation we were having maybe, I think it was on air. We were talking about Bure people and English speaking people. It was off air. Oh, was it, it was off definitely air? off air. But then, um, it's, it's when people... <laughs> yo, yeah. imagine that. Don't say Bure. We were talking about Afrikaans people, people, but people who are more direct in your face about the way they feel towards, you know, white people and people or black people and people who kind of try to hide and disguise it. Would you say Americans are more in your face and which is the better of the two? No, because I think the thing about uh, African-Americans is there's also like a really strong talk back. Mm. Like a, a lot of white people will not try things on African-Americans in the sense of of like to say certain things mm-hmm. so I think the racism that you feel in America is like you're more visible you're followed around in the shop mm-hmm. you're you know so there's that kind of stuff that goes on so you feel like a criminal every day of your yeah, life pretty there's much. a real strong sense of criminalization The Tabuti Drive weekdays 3 to 6pm on 5FM